I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and I'm super excited to be here next to my husband, Matt. Well, that was a downer. Super excited (laughs) to be sitting here next to... Just my husband, Matt. Oh, yeah. Well, Fuck I wasn't... that I, guy. It, it rattled me, actually, because I didn't actually have in my head how I was going to introduce you. So I was sort of then was like, do I just say Matt? Do I say superstar Matt? Husband Matt? I wasn't sure. And that's where... I, then I hesitated. And then, I, I don't know, it didn't sound exciting. But This intro sucks. I'm excited that you're here. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Woohoo! Okay. Well, fake it till you make it. Anyway, we are excited to be here to bring you our latest episode of the Weight Loss Podcast. And this episode, we're going to be doing a reality check, Mm. which by the mmm, Matt is very excited about this one. Mm, Very, very excited. It's time to take off the gloves. (laughs) So the the title of this episode is Five Truths About weight loss you don't want to hear. Yep, so we are here this episode to basically call you out on all the bullshit excuses that you've been using uh, and cut them to ribbons and just lay out on the table some facts that you need to hear even though you probably don't want to. Stiff shit, it's our show, we get to do it. Hashtag sorry not sorry. Yeah. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Am I onto it or what? Yep, yep, totally onto it. So uh, with that being said, I don't think I need to add anything to that. With that being said, let's get stuck into number one. Actually, before you do, Courtney, I will just give a warning. We are not going to hold back on this. Mm. Uh, If you are at all offended by straight talking and some adult language, I suggest you get over it because it's coming anyway. Well, yeah. Yeah, I do like to swear. I try not to very often, but I really just enjoy it. Well, this might be the episode for Courtney because we do have the ability to click explicit language. Do we? When uploading to iTunes, so people will know that, hey, these guys are pretty foul-mouthed. I didn't even know we could do that. That's because you don't do that stuff, I do. (laughs) Learn something new every day. So, number one, you got yourself into this mess you're going to have to get yourself out. Yes. So this is another way of saying, how about take responsibility? The reason you are out of shape is not the medication. It's not your friend's fault. It's not your trainer's fault. It's not your family's fault. It's fucking your fault. Genetics. That's a it's, big one. It, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm big boned. No, you're not. You're fat. <laughs> Genetics is often used, I think, especially if you've got other overweight people in your family. Which I do. Which I do. Yep. It, it tends to be used as, as the excuse. I, 
I think I think generally most people don't like to admit that they've that they've failed at something or that they've done something wrong or that they haven't achieved what they wanted to. So by trying to blame other things, then it makes it seem easier to deal with the fact that you haven't achieved what you wanted or you're not where you want to be or you're not looking the way you want to look. But at the end of the day, the the, the hard truth is that you got there and you've got to get yourself out. Yeah, so then spinning that that point forward that Courtney's made, if we if we can universally agree, which we do, that you are the reason you are overweight, guess what? You're going to be the reason why you get yourself out of that hole you dug for yourself. Mm. So I know this for a fact because I've been there myself, let alone have seen it with others. There's no point waiting around for someone else to come along and do it for you. No one's going to do it for you. I know for myself, and Courtney will back me up on this, you have to dig yourself out of the gigantic shithole that you've dug for yourself. There's no other way of putting it. I spent years when I was younger going to bed at night wishing I would wake up different the next day. You know how that worked out? Fucking terrible. Because nothing changed. Courtney, can you relate to that? Have you been through that yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Details, please. Well, you you speak about, you know, you got yourself into this mess, you've got to get yourself out. I think then, you know, there's part of my brain for many years was would go would would seesaw looking at myself in the mirror thinking, Oh, you don't look that bad. So, you know, it was it was that, oh well, you don't look that big. So, or you're not as big as that person. So it's okay not to deal with it. And then you just keep doing the same old, same old stuff. Or then it would turn into, oh, well, you know, we always have takeaway at home. So I can't do anything about that. (laughs) Or it was, you know, there was something. I really don't like exercise, but so there's nothing I can do about that. I just don't like to exercise. Um, or I've tried this and it just didn't work. You know, I did that a lot. I wasn't a massive big one on trying lots of diets because, I mean, I really just didn't stick to anything long enough to say that I tried really that diet. Um, I was too lazy. I was too lazy and I just wasn't willing to, um, to have the level of sacrifice needed to be on a diet. So I'd do it for about two days and then I was done really. So yeah, I, I think definitely relating to the the idea of you got yourself into this mess, you've got to get yourself out. It's just finding it's finding someone else to blame. No one wants to blame yourself for screwing up. No one want, you don't want to blame yourself for being shit at something. Well, you know what? Bad luck. Uh, the whole point of uh, this number one is really just take control, take ownership, take control. It will get better faster. Mm. absolutely get over the hump get over yourself and just start getting on with it yeah 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 I think pretty much alright we done yeah okay point number two the second truth about weight loss that you don't want to hear that is you are going to have to lift weights I'm sorry if you're afraid of weights but get over yourself it's a common fear that, oh, I don't want to get bulky, so I don't lift weights. 
It's not the weights that make you bulky. It's the ice cream and the cupcakes and the cheesecake and the alcohol. Every shit food you shove into your face is what makes you bulky, not the weights. Sitting here next to my wife, who is half her size, the predominant form of training she has done since we met has been, drum roll please, weight training. Yes. Oh my God. This woman has lifted weights and has not gotten bulky. Uh, What's wrong? I know. It's amazing. Courtney, please talk about your experience (laughs) lifting weights and how you didn't get bulky. Well, I laugh, but that was my opinion also when I first met Matt. Your opinion was shit. My opinion was, you know, I'm fine lifting weights, but I don't want to look like a boy. Like, I don't want to get big and bulky. How'd that go? Yeah, mind you, you know, completely, completely ignorant to the fact of how it actually, what it actually takes to look big and bulky in the gym. Uh, It goes far beyond just lifting weights. I mean, I think you could speak to anybody who tries to really gain a lot of muscle mass in their body, especially as a female, and you ask them how much, you know, it's got to do with what you're doing in the gym and it's not actually that much. So it, it's a big misconception and I think it's... The it's, biggest, possibly. I, I, I think it's huge and I think that it's slowly starting to get better but not enough. It's not fast enough getting out there to people that lifting weights won't make you big and bulky. There are so many other benefits to lifting weights. Oh, well, besides the obvious... Uh, weight loss benefits. You then get the health, immune function, diabetes management slash prevention benefits. Oh, but who cares about that? Well, it's just age as well as we get older. Functional strength, functional ability. Uh, muscle, muscle mass decreases. Slowing down the aging process. I mean, I mean, it's a massive misconception. And it even to the point of Matt and I were watching a documentary last week and it was it was the host of it was an, was a doctor a gp and she was going through finding out how important it is to have muscle mass now this is a gp and how you're not going to get big and bulky by lifting weights a female gp a female gp but this is a gp people look at gps and doctors and think oh they just know and she had no idea this was a lady who was in her 50s, a I think it was. So she'd been a doctor for a long time and she had no idea. So this is widespread misconception. And I think that it really, really needs to be emphasized that, yes, Matt is right. You are going to have to lift weights. Well, the one of my favorite sayings is success leaves clues. So I would like to point you towards www.theweightlosspodcast.com great website (laughs) have a look at the wall of fame page on theweightlosspodcast.com where you'll see all the fantastic transformations that we've achieved with our clients and ourselves now if you click on the photos or names of each person it'll take you to a page about them that talks about or covers Uh, the form of training that they did. Have a guess what type of training every single person on our wall of fame did. Male or female, old or young. Wait, ready for it? Ready for it? (laughs) Weight training. 
winning. Winning close with that one. Oh, yeah. I brought it in close. <laughs> anyway, success leaves clues. So if all these people are getting in this fantastic shape and looking dramatically better and feeling dramatically better by lifting weights, well, isn't that saying something? Anyway, point being, weights don't make you bulky. Shit food does. Yeah, well, I think that's the main thing as well, Matt, just to clarify with what you said, is that you added in the ice cream and the cupcakes, that's what's going to make you bulky, not lifting weights. So again, I think you're bordering on just an excuse like like number one, where it's easy to say that you're not going to try something because it's going to have the wrong result. No. What you're clearly doing now is not working. So try something else. Boom. Nailed it. Number three. Thank you. Number three, sorry. Number three, pay attention, Courtney. Wake up. Paying a trainer won't solve your problems. Yes. So we are trainers. We are personal trainers. We own our own gym. So it seems strange that we would say paying a trainer won't solve your problems. But to explain, the thing is that any old trainer can just take your money. Like that's easy. So can we. We can just take people's money. That That's the easy part. We can just take people's money, write them a plan and say, hey, do this. But it's not necessarily going to solve the problem. It's not necessarily going to get the result that you want to get. And why is that? Well, most people just think that they go to a trainer, they do what the trainer just says in the gym, and Bob's your uncle. Done. Mm. I mean... God, everybody knows. I despise working out. I think I literally get that fact in every single episode of this podcast. I think you are correct. I think it's going to be my goal from now on to get that fact in in every single episode of this podcast. I despise working out. I despise it with a passion. And if someone, a personal trainer came to me and said, Courtney, all you've got to do is follow this plan and you'll be sweet. I would, I would do it in a heartbeat. And I despise working out, but it's just not that easy. It's just not that simple. It's not as simple as paying someone to fix your problems for you. You actually have to take responsibility. You have to take ownership. You have to, like you have to, um, I don't know what I'm thinking of. You have to sort of uh, educate yourself. You just stop right there. (sighs) Just tag me in, partner. So here's the deal. Courtney and I... We are shit personal trainers. We are the worst personal trainers on earth. And I'm actually not joking. Here's why. Because most people that come to us and most people that come to personal trainers in general aren't actually looking to get to knuckle down to do the work to fix their, their shit and turn it around. They're looking to be given a solution on a piece of paper. Please just tell me what workouts to do and just give me a meal plan. Guess what? We don't do that. We don't give those things out because they don't work. So guess what? We are shit as PTs. So the whole point of paying a trainer won't solve your problems, we'll put it this way. People can pay us as much as they want. You still have to do the work. We don't do the work for you. We are like, consider us like traffic cops. We will direct you to go the right way. You actually have to put in the work and do it. So if you have 
let's say you have 10 people all working with the same personal trainer. And this personal trainer has a reputation of being pretty damn good at what they do. Out of these 10 people, five of them are changing dramatically. Five of them aren't changing at all. All 10 of them are getting the same service, the same quality of coaching, the same tender loving care. What is the difference between the five getting the result and the five that aren't? The five that aren't probably aren't doing the bloody work. Mm. Because as PTs, we are always at the mercy of our clients. They're going to make us look really good or they're going to make us look like clowns. They'll make us look like a pack of assholes that don't know what we're doing. On the other hand, the ones that do the work, because consider this, you can't pay a trainer to do the work for you. You still have to put in. The trainer is the person guiding you that's in your corner to keep you accountable and, hopefully, to shoot holes in the weakest piss excuses that you come up with. Mm. Courtney, would you agree? Yes, oh, you yeah. would. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. The trainers, I completely agree with so you. So the best advice I can give you here, do not pay a PT unless you are willing to put some work in. Otherwise, it's more money wasted. Wasted, yeah, for sure. So we will now move on to uh, the fourth truth about weight loss you don't want to hear. And it is this. If you don't think there is sacrifice involved, you're in denial. Courtney, give me a moment, then it's all yours. (laughs) Now, let's say we've spent the last, what, 10, 15 years going around and around in circles, doing every stupid fucking diet out there, exercising for a week, not exercising for a month, exercising for two weeks, taking the next month and a half off, basically just piss farting around, wasting time. And then we have the gall to complain that nothing is changing. Fact of the matter is, and this ties in a little bit to what Courtney has said repeatedly, about how much she hates exercise, there is a level of sacrifice that is required because if you keep doing what you are doing and what you are doing is what got you in this mess, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? Answer? Nothing. So some of your routine is going to have to change. Some of the choices you make with what you put in your mouth is going to have to change. Little habits that work against you, like sleeping patterns, maybe weekend binges on food and alcohol, unfortunately, they're going to have to change progressively over time. One of the best sayings I've been told, and I'll never forget this, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Courtney, I'm now going to shut up. The soapbox is yours. No, you did really well, and I appreciate that. But, I mean, all I'm going to do is agree with you anyway, Matt. I mean, the the thing that really pisses me off about this is that I meet so many people that say to me, well, I'm not on a diet, so I don't have to sacrifice. Bullshit. It's complete and utter bullshit. And if you have actually, like you're literally lying to yourself if you tell yourself that there's no sacrifice involved. Like you're literally lying to yourself. 
because there is always sacrifice involved. If I could sit on the couch and eat ice cream and do nothing else, friggin' awesome. I'm there. What a life. But I can't do that. You can't do that and reach the goal that you want to reach in terms of the way you want to look. It is not doable. So if I do what I have always done, then I'm still fat and overweight and miserable and unhappy. I love it. If I sacrifice, I'm not, yes, I'm not on a diet. I don't diet. Matt doesn't diet. We eat healthy food. We eat often throughout the day. So we're keeping our metabolism working for us. We exercise in accordance to our goals and what we need to do to reach them. I do all of that. I'm not on a diet because I still have different meals where you know, I'll go out for dinner with friends and I'll have whatever, whatever I want. I'll go out to dinner another night and I might have a glass of wine with dinner. So I'm not on a diet because if I was on a diet, I couldn't do those things. Couldn't do anything. That is a impossible level of sacrifice to maintain, being on a diet where you've got to eat friggin' soup for fucking four days in a row and then eat nothing for three days. Like absolute bullshit. Oh, the detox. I like it. But no, I'm not on a diet. But the way I eat is different to the way I ate five years ago, which means I've sacrificed to get where I am now. The, the exercise I do now is different to what I did five years ago, which was sit on my fat ass and do nothing. So I have sacrificed that I have to go to the gym or I have to run up that piece of shit hill that I don't want to. I have to do that in order to look the way that I want to look. That, my friends, is called sacrifice. Welcome to the club. Get used to it because the piece of shit is going to stick around. You're going to have to embrace a certain level of sacrifice. You're not going to like it, but you have to embrace it. Well, if the end result's worth it, then you will like it in the end, won't you? Correct. But if you're going to sit there and lie to yourself and say, you know, if there's, sacri- there's no sacrifice involved, well, you're not going to achieve anything. No. And I think as well, if giving up certain things that you know have to be changed to get a result, if you're not, if you're not willing to do it, that's fine. Just be honest with yourself. And I think I think sac- the word sacrifice has a has a bad connota- like connotation to it as well. I'm not saying I'm unhappy giving up those things. I'm not saying I'm unhappy because I'm reaching my goals. I've lost a ton of weight, so I'm thrilled to death. I don't enjoy it in the moment, but the results I'm absolutely thrilled to death with. But it just angers me when people say to me, well, I'm not on a diet, so I don't need to sacrifice anything. Well, that's fine. Continue doing what you're doing. Just don't change. Don't bitch at me that you're not changing because you're not willing to give anything up, which means you're going to stay exactly where you are. One of my favorite sayings is, in especially uh, talking about this particular topic, is that it is okay to continue what you're doing as long as you are okay with not changing. Correct. So, uh, are, are you done? Yeah. And I mean, pretty much, I, I don't care if you don't change. If you don't care, you don't change. Can I just say, Courtney, 
You're cute when you're angry. I like it. Moving on, number five. This one's yours. Go right ahead. If you don't think long term, you will fail. Will fail. Will. Capital W-I-L-L. All caps. Will. Will. Bold. Italic. Underlined. (laughs) Giant font. Thinking long term. This is not a short process. Yes, and I've I've spoken about it in previous episodes. There are key words out there that sell magazines, sell books, that are appealing to the eye, which are right now is 28 days. 28 days for some unknown reason, it's not even a month. It's like one month out of every year that's 28 days. So why, why they use 28 days is beyond me. But they use 28 days. So 28 days is the it word, or it phrase, should I say, at the moment for weight loss. So you'll see it, books, 28-day detox, 28-day diet, 28-day meal plan, bikini body in 28 days, all this crap that they put out there. Four weeks was used for a little bit. 12 weeks can be used for a little bit. But no one's putting on the front of a book or the front of a magazine, here is your 24-month weight loss journey. Boo, boring. That won't sell. No one's buying that. But? That is what happens. (laughs) That is what it takes. Might take you six months, might take you 12 months, might take you 18 months, might take you 24 months, might take you longer. Who knows? But it's sure as hell not going to take you 28 days. Well, the truth is, when it comes to this, in terms of thinking long term, this is a rest of your life proposition. As I've discovered, as Courtney has discovered... Yes, while it may take, well, it may take the average person between one to two years, depending on how overweight they are, one to two years to really get a dramatic change. Hmm. What do you have to do from there? You have to maintain that change. You've got to keep it. You've got to keep it. (laughs) Otherwise, you've just wasted your time. The thing is, this, this is indeed a rest of your life proposition. So if you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, once I've lost the weight, I'll just go back to what I used to do. That's okay. You're going to go back to what you used to look like too. Hmm. So this whole going to the gym, staying active, lifting weights, being you know, making conscious choices about what you're eating, get used to it. It's the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's just the way it goes. Uh, and a bit, of, um, a bit of sort of inside information here. One question that Courtney and I ask every single person that comes to us asking for help, the question is this. We ask them, with whatever their goal is, how long do you think this will take? Now, we ask that question strategically because it gives us insight into where their mindset is. Because if I'm, or if Courtney and I are sitting across from a woman who's 50 kilos overweight, and she says to me that she thinks she can lose that 50 kilos in three months. Darling, I've got news for you. No fucking chance. But it's also a bit of a, to me, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a red flag because it's not thinking long-term. Conversely, if someone is realistic about it, so let's say I'm thinking in my head, this woman that needs to lose or wants to lose both 50 kilos in my mind, that is a good 12 to 18 months minimum. And I ask her the question, how long do you think this will take? 
And she says, oh, you know, I'd be thinking at least a year. Okay. Okay. There's a realistic expectation on that. That counts for a lot as far as we're concerned. Courtney, would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the title of this episode is Five Truths About Weight Loss You Don't Want to Hear. And we mentioned that it's a reality check. You know, and sometimes we all need a reality reality check in these sort of areas. I think you've also, with this, with this point about thinking long term, you need to, you, for this to really stick and really change your life in the long term, you have to play the long game. So don't get caught making decisions for short term benefit. Now, I've had this with clients in the past and it really pisses me off. In fact, if it ever happens again, I'm going to sack the client on the spot where I'm putting them through the, uh, the transformation program that Courtney and I do, which is sustainable, it's education-based, so you know, people learn. And I've had clients in the past that have turned around and said things like, oh, for the next four weeks, can I just uh, stop eating so much food? I've got an event to go to. If I ever hear that again, that client is getting fired immediately. Because that there is short-term thinking. Yep. I do not like short-term thinking unless it is definitely going to pay off in the long term. So this whole process, as I said before, the exercise, the eating, it's the rest of your life. Get used to it. Fair? Fair. All right. Now, moving on to point number six. In the five truths about weight loss you don't want to hear. That's right. We believe in over-delivering. So the sixth and final point out of the five, because we can't count for shit, (laughs) is this. Motivation will get you nowhere. Oh my God. How many times have we said this? I know. That's why we had to add it in as the bonus number six. Motivation is fucking garbage. We wrote this list and we just couldn't leave it out. No, we, we, we had to get this in here. Courtney, go for your life and I will then just cut loose and we'll wrap this up. Uh, I just It just frustrates me that this lie about motivation, it just goes on and on and on, really. And again, it's another lie that we tell ourselves that we're going to be motivated to do things because we're just not. I'll use myself as an example for the gym. I maintain... That there is nothing, there is zero part of the human brain that enjoys putting ourselves through pain. It just doesn't exist in our brain. We don't like it. Well, the brain is designed to keep us safe. Correct. So, when I think about going to the gym, there is zero, count that, zero percent motivation to get my ass there and actually put my body through pain. I don't want to go and do that. So if I wait until I'm motivated to go to the gym, guess what? I'm never going. Ever, 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 ever going to the gym. And that's an extreme case. So I've heard it before plenty of times where, oh, look, I I didn't get to the gym today. I had a bad day and wasn't motivated. The weather was bad and it demotivated me. I'll tell you something. Whenever I hear things like that, I actually want to punch them in the face. 
I can't because then lawsuit, you know, my career's over, etc. <laughs> Socially unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. Socially unacceptable, yeah, a, blah, a, blah, a, blah, blah. Appar- apparently punching people in the face is frowned upon in modern society. <laughs> oh, but believe me, the urge is there. Because the thing is, this also, I think, ties into the discussion about sacrifice. A big, humongous part about changing yourself and improving yourself is overcoming one's laziness and one's um, one's sort of rejection of doing the things they don't want to do. I've said this, Courtney has said many times about her, her distaste for exercise. I've said this and I'll say it again and I'm going to say it a million more times before we're done. A massive critical part of change and a secret to success when it comes to big time weight loss is the ability to do the things you know you have to do even when you don't want to do them. Mm-hmm. That is just, that's just a fact, Jack. Yep. I've got plenty of days where I don't feel like exercise either, even though I don't detest it quite like Courtney does. My, the things I loathe tend to revolve around shopping because I hate going out to supermarkets. And cooking and chopping and preparing. But guess what? It's got to be done. So what I do for myself is I find ways to make it tolerable. Because if I relied on cooking and shopping and being prepared with my food when I was motivated, I'd still be fat, I'd still be diabetic, and I sure as hell wouldn't be hosting a weight loss podcast. Hmm. I'd probably be hosting the weight gain podcast. Yes. So I find ways to take the monotony out of the routine that I don't like and make it tolerable. Which also is a bit of a secret why Courtney and I do a podcast is because I have a massive love for podcasts because they keep my brain engaged while doing tasks I don't particularly like doing. I highly recommend to you, if you are struggling with doing tasks that you know you need to do and you're not motivated, well, God, stick the headphones in and put something on that interests you. Courtney does it with YouTube videos. YouTube videos, audio books. I'm a massive audio book fan. Yes. So using up all my Audible credits. Correct. So I'm a huge audio book fan. So I usually always have an audio book on the go at any given time. Yep. So Courtney, question: If we can agree that motivation is a big smelly, steaming pile of horse shit. What can, what can override that? Dedication. Commitment. A very strong... Effort. Effort, yeah. But a very strong reason for doing. It's the doing part. I mean, that really is... It's the doing part. Is it the doing or the reason, the reason for doing? It's the reason for doing. But the thing is that the reason... You would look at this and say, even in the word of motivation, you would say, oh, but I still have a reason for doing it. I'm just waiting to be motivated. So the reason has to be extremely important. But also the word motivation needs to be chucked out the friggin' window because basically motivation means you're just sitting and you're waiting. You're waiting to get the feeling to go. You need to be doing. You need to replace motivation with doing. 
So you need to replace it with, with an action. Motivation is not actionable. You can't do anything with motivation. You could throw it out. You have to have an actionable thing, a tangible thing. So yes, the reason why has to be actionable. It needs to be a doing thing. So you then need to go and do it. And it's the commitment and it's the dedication that's going to remind you along the way of why you're doing it. And it's going to keep you on the right path because as we've just spoken about, it's a long process. What's the rest of your life? It's the rest of your life proposition. So if the rest of your life, you're constantly relying on motivation, which is a emotion that is standing still, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to do anything. It's the doing part that needs to come into this. All right. I like it. Courtney, well done. Well, thank you. So hopefully now by this stage of the show, we actually have you still listening to us because I I can't help but feel that there might be a chance that Courtney and I are talking to ourselves now. If you have uh, stuck around and listened to us waffle on for the last uh, 35 minutes or so, thank you very much. Yes, we have been rather harsh, uh, but hopefully this has given you some, well, hopefully some sort of inspiration Maybe Courtney has given some motivation. Just kidding. Bullshit. Just kidding. No, I think I think this was an episode that I actually personally think, Matt, that this is an episode where we're not going to see huge numbers of listens on this, which is okay, because it's not everyone's cup of tea to hear this sort of blunt, harsh truth. But those of you who have stuck around to listen to all of it, then I think that you should pat yourselves on the back for being ready to hear these truths about related to weight loss. So uh, thank you once again for hanging around this long. We really appreciate it. Uh, Courtney and I have a goal for the rest of the month of October. We are working to get to 50 reviews on iTunes. If we could ask one small favor, if you, if you are enjoying the show, please go to theweightlosspodcast.com slash iTunes. Leave us an honest review and feedback uh, on the iTunes app. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, any emails, feedback, questions, maybe you'd like to abuse us, <laughs> please email us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com and we are going to wrap this up and call it a show. Courtney, well done. You too. Speak, High five. Speak to you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.